Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio, I'm Mallory Samara in for Matt Pittman. And this is Bay Current for Thursday, April 28th. In late March, San Francisco Mayor London Breed traded her Clipper card for her passport and boarded a plane to Europe. Besides being on a mission to draw tourists to her city, one of the many things she did while there was take a bike tour through Paris. I'll be honest, uh, it was probably a little bit more scary and dangerous biking in Paris than it was than it is in San Francisco. Um, but it's been embedded in the culture, and I think that we're getting to that place. So what is the city doing to get to that place? In today's episode, we'll chat with an urban planning PhD candidate from UC Berkeley who actually researched exactly what San Francisco could learn from the City of Lights when it comes to welcoming more bicyclists. Then we'll head across the bay to Emeryville, where we'll hear from the city's Twitter-famous mayor about the work he and his community are doing to bring more bikes to the road. What comes to mind for you when you think of Bay Area transportation? Is it BART delays, pollution, smog, getting stuck in Bay Area traffic? With the advancement of climate change, there's been a lot of discussion about reducing our carbon footprint, and one way to do that is to walk and bike more. But transportation infrastructure here isn't always inviting to those fearful biking on city streets. We know that for people who are most hesitant to bike, one of the best things we can do is not just increase the length of a bike network, but it's increase its interconnectedness, so the density of the network. That was Cal PhD candidate Marcel Moran, who's been researching how to make safer spaces for bicyclists in San Francisco. He's actually using ideas from cities like Paris, which has promised 250 million euro, or 291 million dollars, toward the efforts. The city hopes to be 100% cyclable, adding 112 miles of new permanent segregated bike lanes by the year 2026. This spring, I came out with a new paper studying Paris's COVID response uh, in terms of its bike infrastructure. So Paris has this very uh, dynamic left-wing mayor, Anne Hidalgo, and a big part of her administration has been reshaping the city streets away from a very car-centric city towards more sustainable transportation for pedestrians, for transit riders, and for cyclists. I'm particularly interested in that cyclist piece. During her mayorality, they've increasingly expanded kind of traditional bike lanes that take time to plan and paint and install. Uh, with the onset of the, 
COVID pandemic in March 2020, uh, Paris decided to accelerate the rollout and expansion of its bike network. So they were planning on kind of doing that anyway. Yeah, they had big ambitions in terms of expanding their bike network. Uh, COVID gave them the opportunity to just kind of supercharge that, those ambitions. And what they did is they shuffled their playbook in terms of how fast it takes to get this stuff in the ground. So for most of Paris's bike lanes, they they use uh, heavy construction equipment to saw open the asphalt and lay down these physical barriers that are made out of these stone and concrete slabs. In lieu of COVID, what they decided to do was overnight in a matter of hours, just lay down staggered concrete blocks and use uh, paint to convey new bike lanes. And so um, from the start of the pandemic to the basically the close of 2021, they rolled out uh, 50 kilometers of new bike lanes, which is a pretty rapid expansion. What I found in my research was they weren't just it wasn't just a faster clip of new bike lanes, but they were also a higher they were a higher quality in terms of the percentage of them that had physical barriers and weren't just paint. They had a higher percentage that were bi-directional, so you could travel in both directions, uh, and they were a higher share more interconnected to other lanes. Moran says that basically the Bay Area needs more infrastructure, that we need to increase how bike paths connect to other modes of transportation. Uh, you have fewer and fewer lanes that just are off by themselves. Yeah. The same way you can think about it when you're driving, mm-hmm. you expect your the streets you're driving on to interconnect to other streets. Yeah. And we should really ex- demand the same of the bike network. That can absolutely nudge more people into biking and improve the experience and safety for those already biking. I myself, it's kind of embarrassing, but I didn't learn how to like fully ride a bike until I was... 20. Oh, it's never too late. It's never too late. And I made up for a lot of lost time by trail biking and getting out into nature. But I am still to this day, absolutely terrified of riding a bike in the city. Yeah. Um, We're not alone. Yeah. Well, so we, (laughs) we tend to, we can, um, researchers have surveyed people about biking habits in cities and we know we have these four groups. We have the no way, no how group. People Mm. that will just never bike in cities. Then we have this hesitant but interested group. And then we have confident and very confident. That hesitant but interested group is something like the lion's share of the whole biking possibility. So there's a group of residents we'll never convince to get onto a bike, which is fine. But we're leaving a lot of people on the sidelines that would otherwise bike with better infrastructure. So I guess going back to Paris, what have they found? Like have things improved? Are more people biking, less people driving. What's really interesting is there's a number of different data points on what's happening. So mm. I was interested in the bike infrastructure, mm-hmm. but there are, there's been other good work that's been connecting the new infrastructure to bike behavior. So not only is ridership up just mm-hmm. at, in absolute terms, but there are more women riding, yeah. there's more older adults riding, and yeah. more people of color riding. It tends to be in the United States and most European cities, without better infrastructure, you'll have a very small group of people, a very small group of your demographics riding, and that tends to be young white men. And as you improve infrastructure, you can broaden the ridership. And that's really the goal. It really should be safe. It should be safe across the lifespan. So now we are here. We're in San Francisco, standing at the corner of Oak, and this is this Baker. Baker. Yep. Why, why are we here? What do you want to show me here? Yeah, Oak and Baker is a really interesting node in, the, in San Francisco's bike network that I think is emblematic of what, the, of what we can do to improve it. So there's this phrase that says, 
the future is already here, it's just not evenly distributed. And so that's basically where we're at with bike infrastructure in San Francisco. So if we look over to Fell, Fell has a painted protected bike lane running east to west. Okay. Right? Yeah. And now if we look at Oak and we look at Baker, it doesn't have that. Yeah. So Oak has three mixed traffic lanes and two on-street parking lanes, right? Five lanes, not a single inch of that is dedicated to cycling, right? What we're asking for is we're asking for a road diet, meaning that we're going to uh, reallocate space on this road uh, to the bike. Now, Oak has plans for, to have a protected bike lane running along the Panhandle Park. Yeah. So we're hoping to not just have big plans, but on a faster time schedule. There's been so much good work during the pandemic to build slow streets, to build car-free JFK, car-free Great Highway. The challenge for San Francisco now, as the pandemic recedes and the political will around safer and sustainable streets recedes, the challenge now is to lock in the, ben the street benefits we've had during the pandemic and keep building out the bike lane network. And this is a really good example of where we could do that. We have all the ingredients. We have a slow street one block up. We have bike paths. So it's like the attention to detail on all these little linking streets mm -hmm. and blocks uh, would keep increasing the benefit. They say, you know, they say a network is more than just the sum of its parts. Yeah. And this is kind of an example. There's so much promise here. There's frustration with the pace of change and the state of our streets today, but there's so much promise in where we're going. And really, I mean, I do try to take the somewhat long view in the sense that if you just think about biking in San Francisco 10 years ago and today, it's a dramatically improved experience. We can't rest on that. We have a lot of work to go. Yeah. But I think the thing I always say, we're going in the right direction. Slowly but surely, city officials have voted to add more biking infrastructure and to keep open and slow streets permanent. On Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, in a controversial 7-4 vote, decided to make 1.5 miles of JFK Drive and Golden Gate Park permanently car-free. This comes after months of intense public debate on how the road closure could impact traffic in the de Young Museum. This legislation is largely backed by Mayor London Breed, who has been an advocate for creating bike-friendly spaces in San Francisco. During Mayor Breed's recent bike tour through Paris, she surveyed infrastructure and reviewed how to bring those ideas home. But Breed says that we still have to be conscious about sharing the roads with drivers and claims that San Francisco will most likely remain a so-called car-centric city. We have to think about the fact that there are some people who still need their cars. There are people who are still walking around and using various modes of transportation. So balancing all those various modes of tra transportation in a densely populated city like San Francisco is definitely something we have to continue to work on, and it does take time. They've made some bold um, decisions about uh, various street closures and, and areas that they have limited uh, vehicle use, and we, we definitely took note of that. As you can see, JFK Drive is a perfect example of um, not just for bike infrastructure, but for people to enjoy um, public space and open space. And um, ultimately, I think uh, we'll, we'll get to a better place, but we also have to share the road with a lot of different types of vehicle uses too. 
But ultimately, bike riding has actually steadily increased in the Bay Area, especially because of the pandemic, where city dwellers trapped in their apartments looked for ways to experience fresh air and exercise during the height of the coronavirus pandemic. According to data collected by the San Francisco Chronicle, bike ridership increased to 20,000 riders per day in 2020, which was an increase of over 1,000 riders per day since it was measured in 2017. And just across the bay, Emeryville Mayor John Botters is trying to change the way that we view transit and getting around here in the East Bay. He wants to see more people walking and biking to their destinations and to even consider driving their cars less. For me, one of my favorite routes is Three Bears, which is uh, a route in Contra Costa County um, out near the reservoirs. It takes you back on some winding county roads. It's kind of nice to be able to get away from the urban route. Uh, I grew up in, in, in more of a rural community, and so I, it feels like childhood to me to be able to go back to a place like that and bicycle on an open road. He's been working on the Emeryville City Council for over seven years. He's one of the most ambitious biking enthusiasts in the East Bay. He rarely takes out his car, maybe once or twice a week, and makes it his goal to bike to work as much as possible. He even traded in his vehicle for a hydrogen fuel cell car to further commit himself to green transportation. Right now, he's working on a bunch of initiatives to make Emeryville a safer place for people to bike. We have uh, we have a local active transportation plan that the city council adopted that's um, almost finished being updated, actually. And in it, that includes local infrastructure plans related to um, bike and pedestrian enhancements or improvements to the current network. So the idea, at least in our city, is that people should be able to move throughout the city completely without having to use a car. We already provide transit options for people in the form of not just AC transit, but we run a we have a program called the Emory Go Round. It's a free transit shuttle. Has three routes around the city. Connects people last mile connector to BART. Um, and so, giving people active transportation is uh, opportunities is also a big thing. Seemingly, Emeryville residents would want more bike lanes, right? More access to transportation and greener ways to get around. But some people actually think that the mayor is trying to coerce them into riding a bike, and people are incredibly angry at him because of this. It's funny how people project <laughs> what they're expecting, like you to be like what's behind what you're doing. They project it onto you immediately as a response. So the most two, the two most common things are not everyone bikes. And so I'm not going to bike because you want me to. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, so you misunderstand what I'm trying to do. And the second thing is parking, um, because when you have to find space to put bike infrastructure, one of the common things to deal with is parking. People lose their minds over parking. And my response to both of those things is I'm not trying to get anybody who doesn't want a bike to get on a bike. Um, that's never been my goal. I've never said that. You couldn't find me saying that anywhere. Um, people will, people project that, that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do two things. One, I, I, I'm trying to create safety and two, I'm trying to help people experience joy. Okay. So for me, my childhood, I could go anywhere with a bicycle. I could do anything. I went to school on a bike. I went to see my friends on a bike. I went to my after-school programs on a bike. And yet, granted, I lived in a different place. But the idea that like there's only certain places or times in your life where you can use a bike is a myth. I use a bike to go to work. I use a bike to go see my friends. I use a bike to connect to, to BART, whatever I'm doing. If you give people space to see what their life could be like using a bicycle, you can create joy. 
As Mayor Botter puts it, it's not about asking residents to give away their cars completely. Rather, to think about how we can use our cars less and lessen the anxiety that Botter's coins as car brain. And that is just something we have to do um, to create other spaces. And again, if you provide it for people, they experience it once or twice. Here's the thing. They may never give up their car. That's their personal choice, right? Lots of people are like, I don't know. I'm feeling secure giving it up because we've grown up in a culture where that's what you're supposed to do is keep it. But the truth is, do you need to use it for everything? You spend so much money over the lifetime of your, your own lifetime on the cost of a car, it's taking away from your freedom to do anything else. So when it's in jeopardy or when it's going to cost you more to use it, people react negatively because they've already poured so much money into it. For Alameda County, Mayor Botters is still experimenting with how to make public transportation easier for residents. Him and other city officials are hoping to create a large bicycle network throughout Alameda County, even advocating for an official bike and bus lane on the Bay Bridge. He's also creating a plan to replace a vehicle lane on San Pablo Avenue into bike lanes, which would be a big deal considering it's a major arterial road that connects multiple East Bay cities. There is still a lot of work to be done for Bay Area transportation, but Marcel Moran, who we heard from earlier, is hopeful for the future of bike transit in the Bay. And he points to new criticism of recently improved bike lane areas like on Valencia Street in San Francisco as a sign of better things to come. So what was once considered much better bike infrastructure is now nearly unacceptable to the cycling community. So what's interesting is the progress we've made generates demand for more progress and better infrastructure. That kind of crescendo is really meaningful because it just indicates that the, the good work the city has done raises our expectations for better work going forward. It doesn't satiate that movement. Thanks to Sydney Fishman, who co-produced and wrote this episode. New episodes of Bay Current are out every day, and we'd love to be a part of your daily routine. Subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. We're also on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Mallory Samara in for Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.